reporter asked Todd Bowles if the Bucks were prepared to play in the frigid Detroit weather. When the Lions yeah. play in a dome. Just like they have sure been do. for 50 years. Yeah. And that reporter probably wants a vacation. Sounds like something I would do. Yeah, but that's also what happens, you know, when you get towards playoff time is, you know, media outlets that haven't been there all season all of a sudden show up and, mm-hmm. you know, everybody feels like they're the most important media member in the room and you're you're like, oh, I got this. I'm going to I'm going to get this great question and it's going to be played on NFL Network all day long. And uh, that's what happens when you don't do your research. Yeah. Even the most basic. Research. I don't think they ever played outside either because no, they used to play in the 50, Pontiac. That's- that's Silver the, Dome? So yeah. that's what... They have always played in a dome. That's yeah. what Todd Bowles said. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah, as you know, it's been 50 years, so yeah. rough go. It that's ha- that's I mean, a want to get away. Yeah. It happened. There's worse things, but yeah. yeah I mean, it's all it over my feed for the last two days. Yeah, right. but it'll be gone tomorrow. Okay. It's tough 24 hours. Yeah, it's a tough, t- yeah, yeah. It's a tough 24 also, hours. his friends are not going to forget that Yeah, one. and no. that's funny. It's funny. No. It's a little embarrassing. It shouldn't ruin your life, though. It depends how into sports he is. <laughs> Nate, is, was this you? Yeah, was was this, this you? You're I really just, defending this, I know this, I make mistakes like this, dude. So, it's, I mean. I'm Nate's worried because he's going to be at the game on Saturday. That's what I is, will be, huh? and I will be asking stupid yeah, questions. Yeah, Nate's getting worried. So I'm if, being forced to do things. So if the I'm sorry, Nate, but if the Niners lose on Saturday and obviously an incredibly disappointing loss, you'll never see loss, me again. You'll never see me. I again. feel like Nate would ask like just something that would just get. I, I don't know what exactly it would be, but it would be the yeah. wrong time, wrong place for that right, question. Right, right. After yeah. a turn, a turn, yeah. a pick six to lose the game. So how do you think that pick six affected the game? <laughs> yeah. yeah, would you I'm call really, that a momentum swing? Yeah, I'm or? really stupid. <laughs> Well, okay. That's see, a Nate, funny no, bit. No, no. See, Nate, <laughs> nah, that's a good you bit. can't start a joke. And Nate, then you literally you said that yeah, would have been you. You can't start a joke. I'm and just then, saying like, I feel for the guy because I would do something similar to that. But that's just playing the dumbest guy ever. That's going into the room Booger and McFarlane just being the dumbest stuff, idiot. That's funny all the time. I'm not Booger. My name's not Booger. <laughs> My name is Nate. You know what, Nate? It's okay here. It's okay. Devontae Wyatt. Defensive tackle for the Green Bay Packers. Nate's leaving. Devontae Wyatt, Green Bay Packers defensive tackle, had some interesting things to say about Brock Purdy. He said, when D linemen just get pressure into him, he's always throwing off or it's behind them or it's overthrown or short. When you get pressure on him, it's a guarantee we'll get a turnover. That was Devontae Wyatt, and Brock Purdy led the NFL this season in passer rating when pressured. So, and this was posted by Matt Schneidman, who is a Green Bay Packers beat writer for The Athletic. And, you know, the gamesmanship in general, we were talking about sportsmanship last night and gamesmanship. Do you think a lot of it gets blown up now because of social media and because everything that gets said is now posted? And I know I'm not trying to only come at Niner fans, but Packers fans is all fans, right? Sure. Well, this person said this, this person said that. Do you think it's affected, I guess, just how we how how we hear and how we see 
trash talking or just talking before the game. I mean, the soundbite is a soundbite. Right. Right. But now it's all over the place. And does this make a bulletin board that maybe wouldn't have made the bulletin board? I don't know. I just feel like everything gets so overblown now with social media. No, I mean, I I wonder the same thing. Uh, I... It might. I don't know. I've been trying to figure out if this is a a dumb question or not. So maybe, here, Nate, I'll, I'll I'll be the dummy here. Yeah. Here, here, Nate, come, just, come back in, yeah, Nate. Nate you can come l- back. Let me, now. let me. You phrased that initially in a very interesting <laughs> way that got me a little angry. I got a dumb question. Let's bring right, in let's the bring dumb in guy. Nate. Yeah, come on, yeah, come on. Yeah. Let's bring in our dumb Nate, expert. Nate. Nate. In, yeah, the dumb our expert. expert in all things dumb. I'm, I'm, I feel in a way that makes me smart. Yeah. It's an expert, nonetheless. That's right. Uh, anyways, what I was going to say is I, d- I can't tell if it's worse now because now – work. W- now walk with me here for a second. Back in the day, like when newspapers and stuff were the – you know, that's pretty much the primary bulletin board material you're going to get maybe – I don't know, maybe on national news or something. Someone makes national news. But right. is, it, is it bigger because there's not – that many outlets out there and so if an outlet is mentioning you mm-hmm. it sticks out more or is it worse now because of the quantity of things you get but i would also argue with how much there is i would say it's probably easier to tune out right because it all just kind of becomes noise yeah where maybe in the past it's just it's the only thing being talked about and so it feels all consuming and maybe a little less to deal with like if michael jordan struggled for a month or something there's gonna be tons of articles written about it tons of papers everyone's saying what's wrong with mike what's wrong with mike and it's all everybody all three local channels are talking Mm -hmm. about it whereas now it's like almost literally your mom your dad me nate you we're all talking about it lebron's probably not even it's not even remotely coming across his timeline but that's what cracks me up about everything in media now. first off is that dumb before, no, was no, my I question mean, dumb? Because I've been no, sitting on it for a while and I can't I, tell. No, I think it could be both. I think it depends on what it is. I think it's hilarious when you have how many NBA, NBA writers and NBA media members who just posted. Now, I'll post reactions to a past, the Pascal Siakam trade. If you're just tuning in, Pascal Siakam traded to the Pacers. It's done. It's over for now. Meaning, you know, he's got to resign in July. But everybody... Per Woj, Pascal traded. Per Woj, Pascal traded. Knowing that we all follow Woj. We all follow him. Right. So why do you feel like you, thank you, X, and I'm not coming at smaller media or not even just smaller media because they could be other, you know, the Yahoo sports guy, the athletic sports guy. Per Woj. And I get it. You have to do it. But brother, sister, we all follow Woj. Yeah, well. You mentioned it earlier, impressions, right? Yeah. You're making impressions with that. You sell your product with impressions. Mm -hmm. That's a number for your belt. If you can do something that easy, why not do it? It's like asking your stream for likes. Like, hey, like the stream, right? You you know, it's it's so easy to do, and it it pads your stats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's the Russell Westbrook of (laughs) social media. It is. Now, we're kind of getting off to take it back to what – Chris said, and to bring it back to Devontae Wyatt and what he said, yeah, it's tough because I think that there are more outlets. So maybe to get technical, maybe that soundbite never comes out 
because there's sure. not as many people in the locker room right. back then and right. less people are getting interviewed. So to me, it feels like there's more there's a there's more now yeah. and I think it is a bigger deal now than it would be back then because I think sure. that there are less storylines back then. Your argument about Michael Jordan probably is sure. bigger, but not but it's Luke only Longley Michael either. Jordan. Right. Exactly, it's only yeah. Michael Jordan. That's what I would say. So it would, it would have to be for for certain people. So so there you go. Thank you, Nate, for that as well. You know, I will say though, at about Niner fans, because we go back and forth about how I I give Niner fans a hard time, just about. Not not really Niner fans. I don't know if it's more so fans and content creators that just create their own universe of being disrespected. But on clicking on some of, you know, going through some of these Packers media members, and we're going to try to get somebody on before the game as well. Ugh. Packer fans are kind of talking a lot of trash. So I I will apologize because I I it happened so quick, honestly. So I'm not really apologizing because people were – People were saying this the the second the Cowboys lost, right? Now that it's been a couple days and I've actually seen some Packer fans really coming at Brock and saying saying the Packers really think they're going to take care of business here and Packer fans feeling really confident. It's a little bit surprising to oh, me. Don't get it twisted. How much shady a lot of Packer fans. There are, and yeah. it's a little bit surprising to me how much dip they have on their chip. For a team in the Cowboys that we all we all felt like were pretty fraudulent. They, if the Cowboys had, I could see the Packer fans strutting around like Conor McGregor if the Cowboys beat the Niners. Sure, but yes. the Cowboys yeah, yeah. got destroyed by yeah, the you Niners. Get that linear. So win. what does yeah. that have to do with the fact that you beat the Cowboys? The Cowboys were going to lose to the Niners again if yeah. they did beat you. Yeah, no, I, I I don't get it, but it is kind of funny that. In a way, Packer fans, and I'm telling you, Packer fans are definitely Cowboy fans with better PR. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's a lot of them out there. Yeah. And they're really confident about their team. And they always they're owners. Are. I they mean, own, they, they own, the, own team. the team. You mm-hmm. dang right they do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, you know, Packer fans are, are, we don't really think about it that way. But I mean, these fools won the first couple Super Bowls there was. There, There is a ton of Packer fans out mm-hmm. there, probably as much as there are Niner fans. And, you know, it, it, it makes sense. They just got a really good win. They're feeling themselves. Go ahead and, and feel yourself. But I, I, I just don't think that uh, this game's even going to be close. So they they can Me talk neither. all they want, but it's honestly uh, I, there's this uh, what it's not it's not news when the wolf howls at the moon. It's news when the moon howls back. And mm. so maybe if the Niners you know start to take the cow or take the Packers a little bit more seriously, start talking trash. Maybe I'll pay attention. But right now it just feels like the Niners are looking at this like eh, we're, we're, this is we're just going to take care of business on Sunday, and we're not even. You know, yes, we have to think about you because you're our next opponent, but we're not we're not really stressed about what's going on. Also, if you yeah. like the 49ers, Return of the Empire, six to seven tonight. Uh, 49ers Insider and uh, me doing a little Niner show. There you go. Get into a break. When we get back, Anthony Slater writes how Keegan Murray is one of the Untouchables. We'll explain it and we'll break down the piece. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. The Untouchables, starring De'Aaron Fox, starring 
Domas Sabonis. And starring Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray on that list, according to Anthony Slater. Your guy. My guy, Anthony Slater. Yeah. We go way yeah. back. What did uh, Anthony have to say about Keegan? Yeah, uh, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I mean, for for those of you who, who didn't notice, the Mike Brown video that went super viral in Milwaukee was taken by Anthony Slater. It was. And uh, that definitely got my antennas, you know, poking out. And I was mm-hmm. like, what is Anthony Slater, not to do my woes mm-hmm. or my uh, wind horse fingers here, but what is Anthony Slater doing, who's Anthony Slater, as you know, covers the Warriors, right. has done uh, great work covering the Warriors for years now. What is he doing in Milwaukee right. as the Kings are in the middle of their road trip right now? Yeah, Definitely made me feel like he was working on something. And uh, apparently it was this Keegan Murray piece where he pretty much outlines the Kings view Keegan Murray about as close to untouchable as you can get. Of course, there are a couple exceptions out there, which we'll get to. Um, but for the most part, the, the story is pretty much about how Keegan Murray is is one of the Kings' core untouchables. Uh, he goes on to write, uh, Murray's inclusion – I'm sorry, decision makers are convinced that they already uh, employ their current and future top three, De'Aaron Fox, Sabonis, and Keegan Murray, a trio well-balanced uh, in both age and position. Fox, 26, early in his prime point guard. Sabonis, a uh, about to turn 28, a, mi- a mid-prime center. Keegan Murray, who's 23, who's pre-prime wing, who can play multiple spots between the older two. Uh, Murray's inclusion in that three-man foundation mixes the newest and most notable development uh, talking about Pascal Siakam here, uh, saying that the Kings relayed that message to Pascal and uh, the Raptors, saying any team uh, that the Kings or that call on the Kings in the next few weeks in an attempt to involve Murray in trade conversations will hear the same thing. No, period. There isn't anyone realistically on the market who would entice the Kings general manager, Monty McNair, to move off Murray, making him essentially untouchable. Uh, there's desire for sustainability and admiration for here. This is interesting, and we have we just talked about this in the Kings Roundtable. T- round uh, Anthony Slater writes, there's a desire for sustainability and admiration for the Denver Nuggets' recent slow build to true contention. In conversations with several members of the Kings organization, it's clear how highly they view Murray as both current component and elevating member of the ultimate plan. They talk with the belief that they found a future star, not a piece to help them attract one. This is the last piece here. He writes, Murray can downsize or upsize between shooting guard and power forward. The Kings uh, range of trade options is still wide. Uh, it's why, to varying degrees, you hear them connected to Siakam, to Zach Levine, to Jeremy Grant, and Kyle Kuzma. Uh, without concern, it'd be negative. Uh, it would negatively impact or overlap Keegan Murray. Uh, they just don't want to make moves that involve Keegan Murray really moving out of the core three, mm-hmm. three and a half. Hmm. Which is kind of, I mean, it's a version of what we known, but this is now just on paper, concrete. We're pretty much seeing the Kings aren't moving Keegan Murray unless something absolutely spectacular comes along. Right, and and Pascal Siakam was not seen as that Pascal Siakam on his way to Indiana to join Tyrese Halliburton and Miles Turner. So, yeah, Keegan Murray... And the touchable for now. Yeah. Okay. And I would say for now, we're really all three of them, to be completely honest with you. I think 
De'Aaron has the the longest leash, if you will, and he's really what they want to focus around. But we've had conversations about Sabonis and really how these guys stack up as a duo. And now you have Keegan Murray, who they want to add to that trio. And look, it's not the same situation as Halliburton, but they don't want to see young talent go. They're really happy. And again, it's the closest thing they have. I don't think Keegan is not athletic, but he's not one of these hyper-athletic dudes out here. But Not Anthony Edwards. No, no, or any of these other wings, but he's the closest thing they have to that, and he can shoot better than all the aforementioned guys. So that's really his bag. They want a guy who can 3 and D and and be an offensive threat, and really that that piece that they're missing. You have Mm -hmm. De'Aaron who's going to drive, and De'Aaron who's going to shoot these threes now. You have Sabonis on the inside. Keegan is that third piece. I think to that and to a lot of people and a lot of fans that might be wanting the Kings to go, go, go something now. Yeah, let's just call it how it is. That's not a move for this year. That's a move for the future. Keegan Murray is not going to be an elite three option this year. The hope is that he gets there this year. We've called it the Caterpillar year, Mm -hmm. right? This is the Caterpillar year for Keegan Murray, and hopefully next season you get a butterfly, maybe even the season after that, but you get – get closer to it yeah so that's another reason to say hey guys let's not forget here you haven't been in the playoffs for a while they're not gonna throw everything out the window to try to make a run where the west is a mess anyway they're probably happy they're not gonna say this out loud but they're probably happy being in the dance and seeing what happens they could get hot they could get hot right they, that's what they can always say. We're in the playoffs. How are you going to say we don't have a chance, right? right? But they're not going to do anything to mortgage their future. Yeah. Unless, and like we said, I wouldn't do it for Zach Levine. I, they didn't do it for Pascal. He's now gone. Whoever, I mean, the other names that are left, there's Grant no point. Grant Kuzma are the other two. that. Uh, I'm not doing it for Kuzma. Mm-hmm. I like Kuzma a lot. He's oh, probably the one name. Keegan for him, absolutely. He's not. probably the one name that I'm really interested in left, right? But I... Keegan is staying put. It was going to be Pascal or Bust or maybe OG, which seems like so long ago. OG Ananobi. Yeah, I haven't even said that name on these airwaves. Right. And it's been so nice. I don't want to (laughs) think about. Well, now we're done. We're we're done talking about the Raptors. I don't want to talk about the Raptors anymore. We're done with Canada. This is no longer a a world league. This is now just a strictly uh, American league. We don't need to worry about Canada. I'm on my health cleanse right now, but maybe, maybe during the break, maybe we'll order some poutine. Sure. Okay, to really just end to end it all yeah. and say thank you, Canada, Appreciate it. for everything. Thank you for the talk, the talks. Good luck out there. Be smooth. Yeah, but uh, we got nothing for you. Six, six, six. Yeah, we got- That's really all I got. I mean, yeah. yeah. To me, the the thing that I I really think it speaks to where the Kings are at right now, and like I said, we've talked about it before, but the fact that Slater puts in there directly, uh, the Kings' admiration for the Denver Nuggets' recent slow build to true contender. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally the slow build. That tells me that this team is not, I don't want to say being aggressive, but they're not looking out there, even though they're connected with the Zach Levines, the Jeremy Grants, the Kyle Kuzmas. To me, those more so the Levine and the Siakam, that's more of, hey, like if we can get a deal that we like, why shouldn't we at least throw an offer out there? I mean, yeah, our name can be in the pot. Doesn't necessarily mean we're the most aggressive one looking for it. I think they'll take a deal if one presents itself. But to me, that says this thing is probably going to be worked around the edges 
a lot sooner than they're going to try and, you know, throw somebody into that core. So I think, you know, like I said, we've been talking about that recently anyway, but I think that that Nuggets mold and Brendan went through the playoff success or lack thereof uh, that Denver's gone through. That's probably more likely the route that the Kings will go is, is they're just going to probably not HB, but at least the, the core four at, or at very least the core three that Slater's mentioning here of Fox, Sabonis and Murray, they're going to keep those guys running around for the next couple of years until they see an opportunity that presents itself and, and they're probably going to hop on it. And I, I, that's what I think. I think we'll know when Monty McNair really likes somebody because right now we've seen them be, like I said, passive in, in trade negotiations, but we have not seen them be really aggressive and say, this is the guy that we feel like will take this thing over the top and we'll do whatever it takes to get him. So I, I think we're just kind of waiting for, for that moment. I don't, it doesn't seem like it's going to be this year. Who knows if it'll be next year. It could be the year after that. Yeah. If anything, you know, this stretch I think has recalibrated a lot of people's thoughts and running out of time. I, I'm going to keep doing the, the check, Chris. We're at January 17th. Yep. We are quickly approaching two weeks three weeks which i think it would be what the barely three, three weeks one, left two uh three weeks yeah three in, weeks. Uh, in three weeks and a day it'll be the trade deadline will they make a move all right gotta get to a break when we get back more king's talk styles and watkins suckdown sports The collapse of the Kings last night. We're almost about ready to move forward. And they will not be going up against the new look Indiana Pacers. No Pascal Siakam tomorrow night. At least that's the report as of right now. It should be a very confusing game for the Pacers with everything going on with them. But they're on the good end of it, right? I think it would be, well, really both sides, okay? I think it. I think the Raptors are used to playing like this. They've yeah. been playing like this for the last four years. Right. So I, I think they'll be fine. But yeah, the Pacers in the midst of a road trip where they lost to the Jazz on Monday. So they have not played since Monday, wow. oddly enough. And they are still on the road. They have the Kings tomorrow night. Then after that, they have a back-to-back with the Kings and the Blazers. Maybe Pascal plays in that Blazers game. Then after that, on Sunday, they head to Arizona to take on the Suns. And then next week, and now I'm just looking at their schedule here. (laughs) Next week, they get the Nuggets at home. And after that, they go Tuesday Nuggets Thursday Sixers. Oof. So the, and then they play the 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 Suns again. So they My have goodness. quite a run. They get a little break with the Grizzlies and after that they get the Celtics and the Knicks. And so then? then the Kings again. So yeah, Pacers are on a bit of a stretch. Maybe Man. this is why they decided to maybe make a move and and hopefully make a run here. You know the one hmm. thing I wanted to bring up with the Kings round table but we've talked about it before is 
you have to feel like Pascal is going to sign because as we've mentioned, these deals never end in a championship the same year. Right. They totally. never do. Yeah, yeah, They never do. So this idea of, oh, they want to sign – a pitcher in baseball, maybe. that Or a close – somebody – that's different. Basketball and an important yeah. piece. I know may, we'll see now with OG and the Knicks. I know the Knicks have kind of been rolling since mm -hmm. they got OG, but a lot of times that big trade in season, now the Knicks tried to do it earlier, yeah. but that big trade in season. Takes some time. Assuming they wait. I mean, we're basically, we're a couple weeks away from the trade deadline. Are those three weeks going to really make a difference? I don't know, right? I, I don't know, but the idea that the Pacers are – okay, we signed, now we're going to be a two seed sure. or a three seed. I think you have to feel like you're going to sign this guy yeah. because that's really why you're making the trade. It ain't for yeah. this season. No, but I'm telling you there is potential here for – this is. I think this is probably the first time it's ever been uttered in, in the world's history, but there's chances for the Pacers to be this year's Lakers where they, they kind of sneak into the playoffs, that's but fine. Yeah. they're not the team. They're not yeah. – the seeding – isn't a true indication of how talented mm -hmm. that team is and what they're capable of. Because like I said, I still see Miles Turner and Buddy Heald on that team. And at the very least, I know Buddy Heald. There's there's no way Buddy Heald is going to make it past the trade deadline. So you're, say, you're saying they're not done. There's another move that they can make, and I think that you can get a really good piece. I mean, Buddy's been someone who's been rumored to L.A. Can you get... Uh, even if it's D'Angelo Russell or, or, you know, Rui Hachimura, anybody, I think you can still add some pieces to that team. And again, I think that even if it does, like you said, you, you give yourself this three weeks before the deadline to hopefully kind of give yourself some time to like, that's the time where you can struggle. And then hopefully you can hit the ground running uh, by the deadline. I think that there's potential for the Pacers to do something this year, but I mean, I ultimately agree with you. Like they're they're not winning a championship this year. What where are the the teams and I guess the sports where where a team goes matters, right? Is it football the biggest one where, where a player goes? Yeah, yeah. Oh well, he's not. They're not going to send him in division because these are two Eastern Conference teams, sure. and it seems like nobody really cares. Obviously, the Raptors are in a different yeah. place than the. Pacers, right? It would be hard to see the Lakers doing business with the Kings, maybe. Maybe it matters more. Hey, the conference doesn't matter if the two teams are in completely different positions. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, because yeah, you don't want to cross timelines. That's yeah. that's the worst thing you could do is have the move you made directly impact your season's success. Exactly. And so, yeah, to your point, I mean, I, I think probably – because you're just saying in terms of like the teams thinking specifically about who we can and like can't I like make Rui Hachimura, with. right? Would the Lakers not? Would you not? Would the Lakers and Kings not do business because they're too close in timelines and they're both in, in the Western Conference? You just got to make sure that you really like the deal. Yeah, that's that's probably what it is. Is that you just yeah you can't ultimately make a deal that if it ends up launch. I mean yeah, let's say the Kings say hey Lakers, let's switch. I don't know if the contracts work, but Rui Hachimura for Harrison Barnes. Mm -hmm. And you see Harrison Barnes, for whatever reason, takes the Lakers to this next level, and Rui you know, is pretty much doing exactly what Harrison Barnes does mm -hmm. anyway. So you know, if you're the Kings, it's like, well, we just made our opponent significantly better, and right. we really – like it didn't do anything for us. So, yeah, it feels like in the NBA you kind of have to be aware of also the situation you're sending him to. And a lot of times, to your point – you do see them saying, 
we cannot trade. I think Damian Lillard was somebody who the the mm-hmm. Blazers were like, we're not going to trade him in the West in the West. Which Conference. is pretty funny because those timelines, Blazers, Don't you're not on anybody. Exactly. <laughs> that come on. Didn't make any sense. No. But yeah, I mean, you see teams just in general care more about it because you know also. If let's say the Kings made the the Tyrese Halliburton swap with the team, let's say the Suns. I mean, then you're going to have to see Tyrese Halliburton four times a year where, you know, yeah, if you trade Damian Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks, you're only going to see him once at your house and then mm-hmm. once at the other place and, you know, I mean, as we've seen with Tyrese Halliburton here in Sacramento, you might even miss a couple years of of even having that moment of uh, he's back in the building and all the emotions are brought back up. So yeah, it feels like the NBA you got to kind of be cognizant of where you're shipping guys off. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of any any other situations. The Warriors last season, they or that trade was, but they traded with the Pistons at the deadline and they moved Wiseman. Okay, and then they, which somehow the three-way, it got them GP2. Well, actually, that's an interesting one. The Blazers did a lot, they yeah. did trade the, the Warriors and give them back GP2, Yeah, right? So, and then they go on and they, and they send Jordan Poole off to Washington. Right. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of just across country, but I don't think it's as important as... I would even say in football in general, right? Let's say the the Bills lose. Let's say the the Bills lose on uh, uh, this weekend to the Chiefs, right? And we know, you know, Diggs starts talking again, and they're just sick of it, right? The Bills are just sick of it. Well, we know who needs a receiver, a number one wide receiver, is the Chiefs. There is no way no that way. the Bills. No I mean, the price tag would be out of this world, right? For the for the Bills to even entertain it, I don't even know what it would take because I mean at that point you're trading off a guy who's going to your direct immediate competition. Right like, again, like right. You're, ta- you're but not different division though. Yeah, but then you're potentially. I mean, the Chiefs and Bills have met how many times now yeah. in the play? Like, is this their third time already mm-hmm. meeting? And so it's like you know, I mean, in in a way, the Chiefs just had to deal with it with with Tyreek Hill. I think. It's it's a really risky move, but you just you got to kind of calculate it. And I mean, even at that time, Ty, the Dolphins were not the Dolphins they were now. So I, I just don't think you can't. It's I mean, it's up to the GMs, but for the most part, I think you're not going to want to make teams that you're directly competing with better. Right, and and the same thing could be said about the Raiders, right? If it was Devontae or whatever it is. Now, I don't think the Raiders are on the same timeline. I, I don't think they're that far off. I'm, they did have a decent season. But yeah, they're too, they're probably right on the fringe of yeah. It's we're not tanking, okay. So we're not we're not gonna Devontae can't go to the Chiefs ultimately, right? And there's there's also a part of it that's just a rivalry, right? Even if they weren't on the let's say the Raiders were just in the dumpster, I think they would just feel like we just no, no, absolutely, there's yeah. no way. So there's a rivalry part of it, and I feel like rivalries are stronger in the NFL. There are a lot of NFL rivalries, whether it's in division or outside division. Like you said, Bills, Chiefs. I don't know if it's a rivalry, but they're 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 very familiar with it, with each other. So I think that's the that's kind of the give and take with it. But yeah, Pascal Siakam staying in the Eastern Conference, going to going to Indiana, and just looking at the options for the Kings and kind of what's left. There are luckily a lot of Eastern Conference teams anyway that are the ones that are tanking. I just saw right. another report 
about the Bulls really wanting to offload their guys. So maybe Caruso gets comes back in the picture. If you don't think that the if you don't think that the Kings need a and I saw another report about the Kings wanting a defensive minded guy. If you don't think the Kings have an issue at the big position, which we really didn't talk too much about the small ball situation yeah. with, with the Kings because they never should have been in that situation, but Suns went small ball, and Coach Mike Brown, I think, just wasn't sure what to do. Yeah, right? very clear. Very yeah, clearly yeah. yeah. okay, no Sabonis, idea. get off, and then actually that this is not going to work. That is clearly something they did not yeah. see coming. So, yeah, we can we can break that down a little bit with Kevin Michael Whitey Gleason here at the at the break but yeah if you look at the other the other teams and and what is available I'm looking at if you don't think they need another big I'm looking at if you got a, a, a Matisse Tybel and Caruso and you call it a day Ooh, I'm going to be real happy I'll The tell problem you is you're losing shoot you would be losing shooting Right but I'm okay with that. But if you're it's only in the losing name shooting, getting in, better defenders. Yeah, you're only losing. Okay, let, I'm you just, don't need to score as old, much if you're allowing the other team to score less. Same old Herder and Herder. Let's say Herder, Damian, and and HB. Yep. All three of those are gone, and you're getting back Matisse, and you're getting back Caruso. Love it. That's a hard nosed team now. It's a, yeah. It's now a, you're grabbing yeah. your lunch pail. That's a lot of guys to get rid of for just that return. But I think ultimately those are the. Two guys that would make me personally most happy. It's the market right now. Yeah, it's just that's this is just what the market is right now. All right, get into a break when we get back. Crosstalk with the Drive Guys, Styles and Watkins, Sectown Sports. Fifteen more minutes with ya. As we get you ready for the drive, guys. Well, you sound like you're really looking forward to it. 15 more minutes with you. 15. <laughs> <laughs> it's a marathon. You know that. I, it's, everybody's kind of in that mood today, right? Yeah. Kings fans are like, ugh. I was yawning in their ears he earlier. Did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I did. I gave, like, him a, I gave him a little countdown, a little behind the scenes here. One minute. And I went, one minute. Yeah. Why do you, are you, are you, are you happy to put to rest the Pascal Siakam conversations? Because... Chris and I sure are. Yeah, I heard you guys. Uh, I was waiting for your, you know, memorial and the service and everything. That would have been very yeah. nice. It, it never really bothered me that much, except just the, the what bothered me was, and I think you tweeted about uh, this. Somebody said something about Siakam, and you said we knew that two weeks ago, right? Yeah, and that yeah. that's what bothered me. It's just the same stuff, and yeah. people coming up with uh, Siakam says he will not commit to a franchise, or mm-hmm. you know, the Kings are offering. <laughs> Herder and Barnes. Right. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. breaking news. That's, yep. So that that bothers me the same stuff over and over. But otherwise, Siakam, I, I'm looking forward to, to seeing him play. And he won't be here tomorrow, right? So He will not. Yeah. <sighs> well. Score! Why do we've we've seen that movie before? We 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 know that I know. Siakam not playing, Tyrese not playing. This one's we, in the bag. We Nemhard, know Nemhard masterclass incoming. Oh, Ben Matherin. Yep. Get ready for it. Mm-hmm. T. Oh, come on, T. J. McConnell. T. J. McConnell's going to eat. Are you kidding T. J. me? T. J. McConnell oh, is, is going to eat. And yeah, you know, we spent a lot of this show deciding if we should recalibrate our expectations and from a fan perspective what you should expect from the Kings for the rest of the season. Because I don't know if a big move is going to get made 
They're running out of time here. And the names are the names, right? There's no no new name sure. is going to is going to show up. So if it wasn't enticing to you two weeks ago or three weeks ago, why would it be enticing to you now? We know mm-hmm. that Monty McNair is going to stand strong in his beliefs. So looking at this team for literally who is on the current roster. You just got to hope that they continue playing how they're playing, but just are able to close out games because that's just been the issue, closing out games in two different ways the last two nights. I think Kevin Herter is playing with good intention and with good pace and with good energy. I think that they're close to figuring out something, and at this point you get in the dance and you see what happens. Here's a here's an interesting factoid with the season halfway through here. doesn't really have anything to do with the last two games. But it's interesting, uh, I think, when you look at where the Kings are, where they were, where they hope to be. As we know, last year their uh, offensive rating was the highest ever, right? They set a record, yes. 19.6. So not only number one, but like the best ever. Uh, right now, you know how many teams have a higher offensive rating? I believe it's seven. Yeah. Wow. Seven teams yeah. this year uh, have a higher offensive rating right now than the Kings had for last year, which was the highest ever. So, so it's like the Drew Brees records, right? Kind of. Yeah, every year someone's going to break them. Well, wow. yeah. I mean, it's that's the way the league is trending. So what do you do then? What do you, and the Kings are, what, they're 14th right now. That puts that puts a lot of things into perspective when people, well, they were a third seed. They're, they're, they're. It's, it's, a, it's a year, man. And everybody's always getting better. That's just the bottom line, right? And... You had a career. You had a combination. It was a lesser version of I would. You can make the argument a lesser version of the Warriors. Obviously, you didn't get the championship, but in 2022, you had career year from Andrew Wiggins, and you had what looks to, what looks to be so far a career year from Jordan Poole. Right? It was lightning in a bottle, and they rode it all the way to a championship. And he likes to bring it back to the Warriors, doesn't he? Well, it's just you know. I'm just saying it's two guys. It's two it's two guys. Andrew Wiggins has not been anything like that since. Okay. And Kevin Herter, he had a, a great season last season. He has not been close to that this season. And Keegan Murray, rookie season. Keegan Murray's getting closer to that now. But it's a bunch of things. Fine. I won't take it to the Warriors. I can take it to the Giants. Just like Frankie brought up. That year, they won 107 games. They won 107 games. But they had, but, but it's how they did it. They had the most, I think, pinch hit home runs in the history of the league. Right. That's not scalable. You can't hang your hat on that. Well, right. My, my fear is, and I was thinking of this coming in today, listening to you guys. My fear is that they put this team together before last season, and you know, I know it's a little different. But this team came together so quickly, they. They're already bumping up against their ceiling. Like, yeah. okay, we're as good as we can be. Now what? Like, yeah. oh, well, we didn't think it'd be, you'd be this good this soon. But they're now, ahead of okay, so how do you, now what do you do next? What's yeah. the move next? That's where I think they are right now. It's like, ah, uh, what are we going to do? Well, they have to accept that last season, maybe their seeding was ahead of schedule. I think the jump that they made was legit, but I think that you can't operate in the, you can't operate in the space of we were a three seed, we have to do forget it. But you right, how do you forget get better, it. No matter what your seeding is, you have to get better. Numbers are how how does this team get better? That's why I think. Mike that's what Brown, I'm saying. They're just gonna have to play better. Our year all year long has been saying we have to be better defensively. Yep. That's that's where our potential growth is, um, and you know it's a struggle. 
Who is they're bad? They're really bad defense, especially watching Phoenix yesterday. I don't know about you guys, but I was watching that, especially that first half of Phoenix, and I was like, I think I actually tweeted it out. I was, I thought the Kings had really bad defensive effort issues. I mean, there was in the just in the first quarter, there was two to three possessions in which the Kings just had easy four on fives. Like Phoenix is a terrible defense, and I think you might have pointed it out yesterday. They're their uh, defensive rating is one behind the Kings. I think the Kings one are sixteenth. One, in, one I think, in front. I think, I think the the Suns are sixteen. The Kings are seventeen. Maybe it's vice versa. Right. But they're right next to each other. The fact that they're. I mean, it, it was it was insane to see. And I think it's it's you know I think that this team. I Whitey, I'm actually curious what you think. Do you think when you talk about them knocking on the ceiling or hitting their heads on the ceiling a bit? defensively do you feel that's the case as well or do you feel like there is still some room to grow defensively because to me if it is going to be this current group of guys I don't think on the offensive end they can get much better than what we've seen whether it be you know this stretch of games or last year the key is and what we haven't seen is is this team capable of being with the personnel they have better than 15th yeah if I understand you right it to me it's semantics offensively they were really good and so they reached their potential Defensively, there's still a lot of room for improvement, but I don't know if they realistically have that much yes. potential yes. Yeah. to be better. Right. It right? Just, I think so. I mean, yeah, to me, it feels like they kind of are. I think the reasons why they struggle defensively, a lot of those reasons are because of the personnel. Like, I don't think they have the correct personnel to really be an elite defense. I think if they wanted to, they could maximize the defense and maximize the defensive effort, but. I think you might also kind of lose who you are as a foundation of your – like the Kings are an offensive juggernaut. That's the team when they're at their best, they're going to be scoring 130 points on a given night and hopefully ideally playing just good enough defense to win. I, I don't think that you can turn this – you can't change their spots. Like I, I don't think you can turn this team into a defensive-minded team. I think you can make them better defensively, but I don't know if with how they're currently constructed you can – win games on defense. If, Wait, weeks yeah. to the rescue, right? Well, somebody. I mean, I guess. But, yeah, if you're 17th, right, and you've already been better than last season, yeah. how much better, just like Jameis said, well, it was already 41 to 17, so I don't know how much worse it's going to get. <laughs> I don't know how much better they're going to get. I mean, they're up, what, six, seven spots from, from a year ago? They're right. 17th. Are, are, is it, couldn't this be a is this a roster that could be a top ten defense? Is essentially what you're saying, yeah. and I think they can. I feel like they get to about 14, 15, between where they are, maybe a little bit better. I'll give them two more spots with yeah. this personnel, and that's 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 basically it. We use the same comparisons all the time. A guy that is a you know uh, if you if you if you are born and the first time you run a you know, with after the growth spurt and all that stuff, first time you run a 40, you run a five flat. What's the fastest you could get to, right? With all the training and everything in the world, I feel like the fastest you could get to if you really try from a five flat is probably about a four seven. And I think it's the same thing looking at this team defensively. If they, when they were just born, right, were probably about 19, 20, 19, they played bad last season. They're up now to 17. I give them about two more spots, and that's pretty much it. Got to get out of here. Thank you to the Sacktown Sports Kings insiders. Thank you to Nate Littlefield as well, Chris Watkins, Alan Styles. 
Thank you for listening to Styles and Watkins. You have the drive, guys, with Whitey Gleason and Kyle Draper up next. Until tomorrow, secure the bag, light the bean.